Hello and welcome to When Will It End? It's the movie podcast where a couple of uh, uh, vroom vroom kind of guys. What does that mean? Who what are you ride in life about? like a like a dang old highway? What is that? Two mean? guys, two highway loving road guys. Josh and Charles. I'm Josh. When she, when when Cheryl Crow. I don't know about you. I watched this movie at full volume, as as loud as it could go, because I was excited. I, I, when you get surround sound to crank in, I read a review on IMDb. There's a lot of great reviews of this movie on IMDb. But I read one that said, um, I'm Charles, by the way, and this is When Will It End? We're a movie podcast. We watch the movies. We watch start with one. We go to two. We go to three. Uh, sometimes we go, I don't know. It depends on how many numbers there are. Yeah, no, we do however many of them that there are in the series, we do all of them. And then we talk about them and we talk about, is it gooder? Is it worser? What happened from one to X? X being, in this case, the the, the ultimate number of films in the franchise. And and uh, that's what the podcast is about. Charles, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to bring up X, too. I'm glad you did it for me because I didn't really, I, I couldn't quite figure it out. Um, because I'm just, I mean, X, X going to give it to you. That's something we can say unambiguously. That's true. I'm just so, I feel like a car now. I feel like an American car, especially not one of these, you know, Hyundai's. Certainly not a, a BMW. They keep talking about. There's a there's a main character. He's a Porsche. I don't know what these foreign cars are doing in my American movie, but we'll we'll talk about it. Yeah, you get Bonnie Hunt playing an Italian. You know what I mean? Like I don't. That's not that doesn't sit right. Wait, with she me. was an Italian. Oh, that's right. She wasn't really an Italian though. Um, you get then why cast her as a Porsche? That's so confusing. Tony Shalhoub was a little fiat or something he was either guido or luigi no he was luigi because a guy named guido plays guido so of course this is a a podcast where occasionally uh we do something special we start a new series and uh sometimes we do sort of a sub series like a like a imprint label to the main thing it's called maybe we made a mistake and today (laughs) Yeah. Today is very exciting because not only did we A, start a new series, but B, maybe we made a mistake. <laughs> so here's the thing. We were thinking Shrek. We kicked this fucking whole podcast off with Shrek. Big Shrek energy. Just a dang old green ogre. He's friggin' animated and shit. He's friends with a dragon. He eats shit. He bathes in shit. He loves he to loves fucking shit. fart and He loves shitting and... more than eating. We I realized that. Way too late, but his catchphrase to me means he loves shitting and burping more than eating. He is my boy. And and once he becomes a parent, he's like, maybe I'd rather be dead than continue to be a married person who's raising children. And then learns that it's good he's not dead. But anyway, Shrek is has, it's a complicated emotional life. Yeah, and we, and we were like, wow, that, that was jam-packed full of shit, the whole Shrek-averse. And... Everyone, like, everyone's talking, you know, Pixar, the, the first movie company that made silly little animated movies for adults, you know, the wink with the nods with all the silent, just like, yeah, just like, oh yeah, you have your little, your whole bundle of joys in tow. Fucking put a bucket of popcorn in their laps, stuff their faces full of chocolate and just get them to shut up because mom, dad, this is going to be for you too. And we we haven't done a Pixar series yet. And we're like, if Shrek was loaded with stuff for the, for the old timers, this cars has got to have it. Well, and also we're sort of, uh, I don't know how to put it. Iconoclasts. Oh uh, my we're, God. Oh, Oh, you're, Oh, Pixar. Why don't you toy story? Why don't you go fuck yourself? Yeah. We'll wait. Like counterpoint, counterpoint to that. Here's an idea. You tell us to watch toy story. I'll tell you to go fuck yourself and we'll just call it even. What do you think? I'm fine. What if I say, hey, Josh, uh, go watch Toy Story 2? I'd say, how about you also go fuck yourself? And then I guess I just got to ask, finish this off. What about if I said, hey, Josh, why don't you go watch uh, Toy Story 3 for me? You can stick three old fingers in your own butt and fuck yourself. Three? we are busy. We are busy doing a series that most people pretend doesn't exist, Cars. And it's because Pixar in 2006 auditioned to Conservative America to make violent propaganda about the sexual power virility of the American man car, his desire to have sex, his desire to preserve the good old days, and his rejection of the Jewish global banking system for – I'm Jewish, so don't – please don't – 
Don't DM us. Um, but yes, he Lightning McQueen learns that baby maybe when Dwight D. Eisenhower was president. Oh my and the god! The jukebox, the jukebox still play those. You know, uh, Frankie Valley and the the Valley guys and John Mayer's cover of Route sixty six. <laughs> good old shit. Like maybe life was a little better then. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I don't know. Maybe this movie was trying to show we could make America great again. I don't this know. This movie, 100% in every fiber of its being, is a desperate attempt from a coastal elite like Pixar to make a movie for what they presume to be mouth-breathing eventual Trump voters, and they caught, they nailed it. <laughs> they just nailed it. So, And that's the thing. Um, it's just like it's hard to know what John Lasseter at all were trying to do with this movie because it seems very much like oh, we're going to make a movie for the middle part of the country that we I've never seen or I've never talked to anyone from there, but I hear there are people there. Right, so they sent like a PA to like Nebraska or something and we're like, go talk to people at truck stops. Just ask them, you know, do they know who Dale Earnhardt is? Or like, it's, Jesus. This movie is like both terrifyingly, it's like a Verhoeven-esque experience where you're watching agitprop in the guise of popular entertainment and it's also this incredibly condescending idea of like rascal flats and talking about different gears. This is what this is what most of America really lacks. Right. And it's not satire either. I just don't know if they knew what they were doing. But it is it is eerie to watch this in twenty twenty one to like see where the country I guess it's always been this way, but just like to everyone thinks like, wow, Trump is an anomaly. Trump like tapped into something that's sort of scary and fresh and if we don't stamp it out now it's just like gonna get worse but it's like this has always been america and like to just watch this like cute if you read the reviews for it's like oh what a cute fucking movie with a beautiful heartwarming message it's like everyone just like oh it's it's not maybe the best pixar movie but it's still got a really nice message about friendship well i would argue like as a 2006 production this is like with george w bush the, the our various wars are I- extended incredibly expensive recommitment to expanding empire like this is just like a movie for where they tested the they, they, they licked their little thummies held up to the wind felt a big old gust coming from the right and we're like we're gonna go ahead and, and get out in front of this and join the culture wars like show that we're not this monolithic liberal la experience we can also churn out like sappy bullshit for people who never want to see two men kiss in public and that's what cars is yeah and it's it's very strange. I think we should start. We should get get into the cast, get into the story, get into the opening race because that's what I was talking about in the beginning. Was I read a review and it said something about if you got the surround speakers. Maybe I'll try to bring it up and read it to you. It was very invigorating. It said when you have the surround speakers, it's like you're there. And I read that and I was like, well, you know, I've never been to a NASCAR. To an animated cars event? This is not a NASCAR event. This is a race in the world of cars where cars watch cars race. Well, I mean, that's a great so point. So there's no way. There's no way. No way I've been that, there. That, there's no way you've been there. Well, I mean, I have because I have the surround speakers. I got, well, no, no, no. I got seven and I've been there now because the reviewer said, if you have the surround speakers, it's, 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 it's like you're there. So you felt like you were in Radiator Springs because of the immersive audio environment that they created to make you feel like you were walking on that fresh paved asphalt Josh, in beautiful Radiator Springs. Josh, I, 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 there is a moment where a tractor farted. Just one? I thought there were like 30. <laughs> no, but I'm there, oh God. I can't even I just had to say that out loud. Uh, no, there was a moment. There are lots of moments where tractors farted, but there was a moment where because of my, I'm, I don't know why I keep talking about my speakers, but I think it is a part of it. There was a, there was a little fart that came out of the back right part of my house, and it felt like I was there. Wow! Like there was a there was a fucking tractor farting. My Damn! Head. A little a little farter just flipping around. Got Pixar thinks of everything. Everything. Can you imagine the 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 John and everyone meeting? Like, okay, so what do they do? What are these mouth? Re- I'm sorry. What is the what are the rest of the country? What do they do for fun? We, we I mean, uh, the, I've heard about this cow tipping phenomena. What's that? What's that? Oh God. 
And then just like the the fact that Radiator Springs looks like Fallout Four, <laughs> like I'm right. like this is nice. Like that's the entire premise of a very popular video game series is that a cloying depiction of the nostalgic atomic age is actually like a harrowing reminder of a culture spinning like you know irrevocably towards fucking Armageddon. And this it's sort of played like. Like the, the 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 climactic moment where they revive Radiator Springs and like shubop shubop shabuberu and they're like dry just driving around downtown in circles like like the town where they just like pray for customers like this is one of the most soulless movies I've ever seen. I want to talk about Radiator Springs in a, a, a large amount of detail, but I want to start first with the title. <laughs> right there, what the what the. Fuck, you call this movie Cars? Well, again, it's like, it's the lowest common denominator, because everyone normally, you know, the the acclaim that's attributed to Pixar is, oh, you're dealing with the emotional state of a child, you're dealing with, you know, what if toys, like, there's, there's all these sort of, like, worlds where you're like, hmm, this is actually a, a compelling idea, you know, how do toys live their lives when they're not being seen by us, you know, right. like, or, or what happens inside of our minds if we had to anthropomorphize feelings themselves, I don't love uh that the the feelings one that much but anyways like it's a premise where you're like okay this is this is worthy of bringing animation that's the whole point of animation and you also have the real world to be like oh what if toys were alive because we all have you know you're kids why you have stuffed animals you like pretend they're alive and then you leave the room and these geniuses at pixar are like what happens if they are alive when you leave the room yeah and the same with bugs the bugs life is like what if we had tiny cameras? What do bugs do? What the fuck is <laughs> shit with bugs? And we filmed like? bugs doing shit when we're not get watching. This, get this, bugs. But the problem with cars is that it is now. You guys sitting down? You guys sitting down? One word. He went up. You can tell that he went up to the whiteboard yeah, and wrote yeah. B-U-G dollar sign. Incredible. And they're like, yeah, go ahead. Make it. But in all seriousness, those movies work better because they are grounded by actually existing in Earth. Real Earth where I live. Where the, all this shit is magically happening, but when I'm in the room, it's it's still me, and I I miss it. Right. There, there, there's a human element where you're um, you can participate in imagining something you know you can't perceive, and that's the genius. It's a world you'd never be able to actually perceive, but could very much imagine it existing. That's the entire dynamic that works about all of those other movies. Right. Yeah, Finding okay. Nemo. It's all. It's just like it's fish doing fish shit, but it's all right. in the real world. Here you have. <laughs> car world where humans are replaced by cars little bugs are replaced by cars cows are replaced by cars and then everything else is is just dead there's nothing in this movie except for talking cars bug cars or cow cars or tractor cars and that is it it is a terrifying movie it's terrifying because you have to spend so much time just locating so many unwritten rules in this other nightmarish universe of only cars that is very distracting. Like, you just find yourself asking, like, so a tractor is a cow car person? And it's it's like the classic Pluto goofy thing where the second you think about it, you're like, oh, shit. Like, I've just, I've ruined this whole thing for me. I can't stop thinking about this one relationship that makes no sense. So in this movie, time and time again... You find yourself encountering that question. Like, when a car wreck happens in this movie, and by the way, it the car stuff is very, and I'm, as I speak with someone who, like, survived a car accident, it's very violent and very intense, which I wasn't fully expecting. And then the greater implication that these, like, calamitous accidents are happening to a living, there's just so many grains of resistance to swallowing this that you hit on as it proceeds. Yeah, it's crazy violent so you have to once you realize that these are cars and you get a sense that they have pain receptors because when our little owen is like drives into a little cone in the road he goes ow 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 that's a really good owen i gotta say i forget there's like moments where they hit small things or like oh ouch but then they like literally the doc you see a picture of him crumpled in a wreck you see at the end of this movie king king blue like is completely broken everything Everything that could break is broken. You just see his limp body lying in the field. They'll fix you. They fix everything. Yeah, it's fucking terrifying. <laughs> it's like you see the this like the extent to which these car racers would go for their success. And it brings it to this whole creepy level, which is just 
glossed over by the bright candy colors and the screaming bucktooth rust boy it's just quoting robocop aside robocop is in a weird way the obvious analog to this as far as films we've watched at this point and the ultimate success of robocop is interrogating that exact tension of what the fuck is this guy what is his deal does his sentient experience of life equate to ours like that is the central question of that entire series and this was like it's the weird third rail that's invisible but like fills the room with like shimmering waves of anxiety it's so strange and i don't know if if this can recover from a premise that is inherently just like psychotic right because so then the other thing is it's also a strangely sexual movie where you just like ever, realizing that all these cars are just people they got car holes in certain places and they it's not like you know it's not just because i'm a fucking dirty boy that i thought like oh do you think that, that like people are getting turned on looking at the exhaust pipe or looking under the carriage there are multiple jokes okay about the se- him getting towed up the ball sack about a trans- the sexual nature of the film cars was something i was completely unaware of and was bowled over by for so many reasons the, I, the iconic moment has to be when bonnie hunt's character who's a porsche and again we'll put up photos where you just look at this car you'd be like yeah that looks like i don't know like a goofy cartoon car but like owen wilson is reacting to her like she's a fucking dime piece and he's just like popped one so that's the tension when she arrives and he then proceeds to violently and aggressively hit on her in a threatening manner alluding to how other women are frightened of his presence as like a charming like i have that react like women often flinch and and, and and step back in my presence as i like roar my engine at them and her reaction is like, huh, boys will be boys. Is this the, the courtroom scene? Hey, thanks for coming, but we're all set. He's letting me go. He's letting you go? Yeah, your job's pretty easy today. All you have to do now is stand there and let me look at you. Listen, I'm going to cut to the chase. Me, you, dinner. What the? Ow! Ooh, please! Oh. I know, I get that reaction a lot. I create feelings in others that they themselves don't understand. Oh, oh. oh I'm sorry. Did I scare you? Okay. I'm going to go talk to the judge. Do what you got to do, baby. Yes, he's in court. He's arrested in court. He's chained up in front of a judge surrounded by law enforcement. He's like, sup, slut? You want to ride? Get in. Like, it's the most... This is a movie for children. And And that entire thing is played as though it's like a quirky thing about Lightning McQueen that he's like obviously a sexual predator that the main female character has to be like, oh, Lightning, you rogue. Right. This is why the the whole Me Too thing, it's it's crazy how long it took to come out. If like this is an example of children's cartoon is to have a normal behavior from your main male lead to just be your main male car lead. (laughs) Your main, uh, your, your mail coated sports car. Yeah, uh, to just have him be like, "Oh, I, I've mistaken this pretty car for my new fuck piece," and I will just, you know, hey, you want to go to dinner, babe? You want to fuck? It's just, it's the, it's just like normal lines in a kids' movie about a car wanting to just fuck another car. Right, he that's finds the thing. Hot. It's, it's pretty unapologetic, which is not something you'd ever find. Like, I can't think of a Pixar or Disney movie that like gets this weirdly crass in a way that's not for kids at all yeah it's just like it it depicts like just monstrous behavior and laughs it off instantly and then she has no character like she likes him because he did one day of making a (laughs) this plot so here's the plot we're gonna go through it just briefly so we can get to radiator springs because it doesn't really make sense why he's there and I just want to just like make sure we're all on the same page because right. and, and and for the record, I could not figure out why he remained there. Yes, it's... after what I thought was having achieved the the thing he was supposed to do for being a huge well, asshole Josh, and get... ruining their. Inf- he, he gets a new best friend. Oh right, yeah. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> Much like Jar Jar, I was waiting for Mater to show up because all I knew was that Larry the Cable Guy plays Mater, and I was like, well, this can't be good. And brother man, whoo. Mater is a Faulknerian man-child who I'm afraid has raped and killed someone because his behavior is horrifying. But then forgotten about it. Also, the rusty car thing, the, this, the perennial theme of lightning being horrified, is that poor people? What, what I mean, it might just be car? people like, with skin problems. It's hard to like say. Like lepers? <laughs> like lightning's like, oh, you got leprosy, bro. Fuck off. 
Right. So that's that's those are the implications you have to like. Wait, is Reheda Springs a leper colony? <laughs> no, because there's a Porsche there. There's a fucking old whatever Hudson is. Like, no, the, Mater is. This is why this movie is shit. We've be- got to talk about Mater because Mater is representative of what John Lasseter I think thinks the target audience is. So he not he makes them stereotypical, but then also have a heart of gold. So he so they can make fun of Mater for being a buck tooth piece of shit moron, but also have him be the heart of the story. It's this contradiction which just brings cars to this level where. You're disgusted by everything, and then there's this. Okay, well, okay. So part of that is that Larry the Cable Guy, and like famously David Cross and Larry the Cable Guy, two genuinely unpleasant people, one of whom is much funnier than the other, uh, took Larry the Cable Guy to task for being a. He, Larry the Cable Guy majored in drama and speech in college. He like worked on a Southern accent. Like it, the, essentially, it, it's it's you know, just a horrible weird. Very. Yeah, I read a quote like, from him that said that he now just talks like Larry the Cable Guy because if he doesn't, he'll lose the accent. Right. It's, it's so he insane. just like has it's become a part of him. But like again, the premise that he's like essentially expressing as much like revulsion and cartoonish mimicry of a very specific archetype. Like nothing about Larry the Cable Guy connotes authenticity to anything about any. Like the, it's so bizarre. That he's come to be metonymous with like the redneck experience when it's literally a dude like beyond condescending to like this group of people in a way that right would be and that's what Mater is oh god Mater is but Mater's like that times a billion oh my god it's just astronomical and then there's so many people mentioned in, in these reviews I want to read one of them because it's really good um, but they're just like his line the most beautiful line of cinema of that year and perhaps my entire life is when he says. You're my new best friend. Oh, my God. That is such a bummer. I like the part when he's like, you crazy old car grandpa, get out of here, you fool, or whatever. Yeah. I texted you this. Yeah. Lightning's talking shit. He's like, fuck off, you old piece. It's great. It's so strange. So anyway, so, so what happens is um, we learn over and over again that Lightning McQueen works alone. He has no friends, and he needs to learn how to be a team player. We'll get but more to the point. He is a bit of a – how to put this? Lightning like of the ladies. What do you think they do? Here's the thing. In Carl Okay, Land. so – What do you think goes on? Do they take anything off? No, they're naked all the time. Well, okay, great question. Another horrific moment in the movie comes relatively early on when in the epic first race, which uh, you keep talking about starting at, um, it comes down to lightning driving on just two tires. Uh, right, and because tying... he refuses to go to the pit. Even though there's no one in the pit, so it doesn't fucking matter if he goes there anyway. But well, he, his crew is in the pit. That's right. He does have a crew. They quit after. Did you that watch race. this? Did you even watch Cars 2006? Well, I was cars? just Josh. I, I was just so ready to uh, have Luigi change the tire that I forgot that anyone else changed tires. For Guido him. and Luigi. This isn't. But here's what I'm saying. Like that's so low rent. That's so bottom of the barrel. Someone literally said, "What if two of the car? Like, well, Italians like cars. Two of them could be Italians. Like, <laughs> I'm not even sure. Like." It's just the target is like, what will the idiots like this movie understand? Oh, it's a Paisano meatball car. Like, I don't understand. It's the lowest level shit. When he changes the tires at the end of the movie um, and he then turns to the rest of the little car freaks that are just like losing their mustaches over it. And I thought he said pizza. Pizza. Yeah. I actually had to, I had to rewind it. And I think he just says like presto or something. But Oh, my God. He's no Luigi Spaghetti. I'll I thought, tell you that right now. I like Luigi just said, pizza. Pizza. Beautiful. I mean, that's beautiful. It was my favorite moment in the movie. Okay, okay no, no. he fucking, he starts the raise. He he gets in a literal tongue-tied triple tie. With with, with Chick, who's like the second best guy who's up and coming. And uh, then King the old Dinosaur. Guy, the King Dinosaur or whatever. And then he's like the hotshot rookie. Now, after the race, to get to your question about nudity. Yes. A pair of young fans who are, I'm not sure how else to code this other than that they are much smaller cars than him. And much I thought smaller. were like children. They're the smallest like, cars you see in the movie other than the Beetle right, bugs. So like by logic, you'd be like, okay, well, that is how they're visually coding these cars as being children, right? Like that was my understanding because they were literally small and doting. They're either children or just, you know, tiny waifs. Women. Yeah. Just absolutely minuscule, snooky sized cars. 
um, Mia and Tia, who are two small red sports cars, flash their brights at Lightning McQueen in a way that is unambiguously like, you know, busting them out, popping out the guys. And Lightning goes, oh, I love being me. Mm-mm-mm. Sweet, sweet headlight titty. And I'm just like, at the, the my, again, like I'm very naive. I'm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like a child in some ways. I was just like aghast. I was so scandalized that Pixar's cars had this like really lewd tone to it. Yeah. And then later those same uh, tiny women, I'm, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt that they're just tiny women, but yeah, not, not Ugh, that, that's generous. Uh, later in the movie, when the green car gets to LA first, uh, he, they, they change. Right. Which is insulting on so many levels yes. to so many people. It's you just, know? it's just, it's wild to watch. It was just from start to finish, just wild to watch. It was. It's also a two-hour movie, oh and I don't know why I God. thought. So here's what here's something I learned recently. I think The Incredibles is like the longest animated movie or something. Yeah, it feels like it. Right. This feels endless. Like as we talked about during it, he like learns and relearns and relearns lessons yeah. in the middle. Over like, and it was the... like there's like twenty or thirty minutes where you're like this just doesn't need to be in anything. Yeah, it's it's very strange. He <laughs> learns. I I think the I mean one of the biggest problems of this movie is like the magazine where you actually like learn the the like why it's sad to be a redneck from John Laster's point of view, and you just like see this old like movie that looks like it was filmed in the fifties, and you just have them see. Well, you know, back when people were moving slow, and, uh, <laughs> liked to love each other, and checking on the neighbors. We used to be a thriving town. Yeah, and it's like you're you're a vacation town in the middle of like fucking Nevada or something. Like how in the Oh my god, it's so it's just like also living in the climate change dialogue we're in in 2021 to have this just like breathless rhapsody about like what it was like when we just drove in circles as a society. <laughs> right. Like the the golden days when we drove mm. in circles. Dear god. But then they, then the they they built a they built a highway and no one stops through anymore. So now we just wait for people to buy shit from us. Like, this is their lives. Their lives are to be cars, be car people, things, and just wait. They're just waiting for people to drive through. And that is a, ter- like, if that's what the creators of cars think middle America is, like, but I think that's true because that's their interaction with towns. They, like, if they're ever outside of LA and they drive through a small town, they just, like, stop by a gas station and buy some beer and like energy drinks and move on and like that's what they they must be thinking they're like generous overlords giving them their money generous overlords <laughs> like that's the thing is like when uh lightning mcqueen finally like sees the error of his ways and starts to become friends with these people he doesn't do anything other than patronize their shops he buys new tires he gets a paint job he gets gas. Like he doesn't actually like become friends with these people. He just becomes their customer. When you talk about a movie that's just like playing, paying homage to this very specific vision of economic juggernaut, American empire. Like yes, the, the ultimate expression of everything is buying things from people and private enterprise and commercialism and the that is the expression. Just the, the relentless consumption of things. Like it, it, it's this idea of. On one hand, you've got. I was in L.A. and just couldn't fall in love. And it was, you know, full of homosexuals and foreigners. Like when Lightning speaks Spanish to the Italians. Remember that moment where you're like, what's the joke? Dude, the racist shit in this movie. Just the, the hot rodders who. Oh, God. The the Fast and the Furious moment. <laughs> yeah, the, the Fast and the Furious moment. But also just like everything else. Like, like the way that they try to diversify Radiator Springs is just like so it's just so cringy. Just like the the one Latino character who who shows his asshole off to a bunch of strangers <laughs> at one point. Yeah, it's like look at my asshole, and they're like, oh, th- oh thank you. <laughs> and they look aghast. They look like someone just showed their scrotum to them. Yeah, they look. Like, horrified. The thing is, this movie gives us this weird sexual tension, but doesn't play it off as a laugh most of the time. They play it off as like every time he gets. Th- this is what life is like <laughs> when he gets towed and made her like puts that tow hook under his undercarriage every single fucking time owen wilson gives a Wah. like a fucking very alarmed unpleasant like i am being touched well, it, in a place and, and i also, don't want to be touched in uh like in lars van Trier's antichrist after that moment in the film whenever he ejaculates it's blood i mean jesus cars they've they've destroyed his genitals it's really 
It's a lot. No, but kids, let's talk about that. Um, when <laughs> amidst all the moments of horrifying violence, the precipitating moment is after the tithe, they're like, we've got to race to L.A. for the next big tiebreaker race. And so we've set the stakes. They've got to go from point A to point B. And in the middle, um, because uh, Lightning McQueen is a horrifying capitalist monster, forces his employee to stay awake through the night, where he's beset by neon like fucking highway bandits. Who make him sleep more? They play snoozy music. Oh my god! So that he falls asleep and like runs off the road, dumps lightning out the back. Lightning barely survives another horrific car accident, hurdles off into the night, and then in an image that I sent you a screenshot of, ends up caught hung up in barbed wire, dangling from like a rail in Radiator Springs. In an image that I found just weirdly medieval and upsetting. Yeah, it's it's a moment that again you're so this is. If you replace people with cars, you then just now you have now these are not cars anymore. These are sentient car creatures, and unfortunately, they take this idea that it's like a fucking uh, wily e. coyote cartoon where things fly around and and he's dragging shit around and he's hitting stuff and he's crashing into shit. But then you just like realize that this is like a man running around naked through the streets, getting cut up by barbed wire, running into things, getting hit over the head falling over, tearing up the street, and then eventually... Being chained to, like, a fucking street-creating device and dragging it, like Spider-Man pushing the wreckage off of his... Like, just, it's it's macabre. And then he is put into jail without trial. He gets the town idiot to be his lawyer. Mater, of course. We speak of Mater. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't know I had to be more specific. He, he then is hooked up to Bessie, which, again, I want to talk about sentience right here, what is the difference between a car, a tractor, and a machine which runs on gas that is used to put tar on a road? Like, why isn't Bessie just a car that can be a, a person car? Who grants whose sentience? It feels like the entire premise of this world is like a white nationalist, like, you know, ethnocentric. Some among us are chosen to be smarter than others by the the strange machinations of a distant god. And like that's this excuse for some sort of weird social hierarchy where some kinds of automobile automobiles are like subservient to others. It just raises so many questions. It does. I mean, I, 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 I apologize and ask for your permission to discuss Star Wars just for one minute. I'm going to go ahead and say, wars it up, baby. All right. Uh, this has been a constant part of Star Wars. I know the whole like, uh, the awful thing where they gave Chewbacca a medal in the la- in like the final movie to try to undo the humanist nature of Star Wars, but even just like this idea that you know these are aliens, there's aliens everywhere, but for some reason some of them are given the idea that they are creatures with sentience, and then some of them are just like slave labor. Like, how is it that owning a bantha? That's an alien creature. Why isn't that okay, like this having is a... ludicrous? This is a complete derailment. Of what we're talking no, about? No, but I'm just saying, like, it's the same idea where they tried to fix the okay, whole. Okay, Charles, 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 this is off the rails. You're overthinking it. I'm off. The... the point is, cars aren't living creatures with sentience to begin with. So how, like, so right, beginning from that aliens. premise? Anyway, whatever. Yes, they are. That's the whole idea that they're living things. No, but I'm just. My point is that they are like the Disney is Disney and Lucas are choosing which creatures become like full citizens of the Star Wars universe and which ones are subservient citizens of the Star Wars universe in the same way that Cars has no... There's like... There is... When you create a world, Josh, when you are making a world... Oh, my God. Where you but have... Charles, Star Wars is just replicating our existent, like, speciesism present in animal and human life. That's an existing frame that, that they're simply riffing on, so to speak. This is a world where all cars are suddenly varying degrees of sentient, which is a lot much weirder idea. Yeah, well, I mean, as a vegan. Oh, my God. I mean, as a vegan. I will do anything to change the subject right now. Did you like uh, Did you like George Carlin as the stoned bus? <laughs> he ruled. He was great. Uh, I liked his little hats. I liked his little antics. This is a, a really fucking bad movie. And I'm like, really, everyone's like, two's way worse. I've seen three. But honestly, so here's the thing. Too, when they say two's way worse, I don't trust anyone anymore. You know, well, two is like the Mater movie, as I recall. Oh, two is like, no. okay, they so put I can... their chips down on Mater. So this is like, again, sorry to talk about Star Wars, but if Attack of the Clones, please have this be better and more thought out than your last Star Wars. If reference, Attack of but... the Clones became a Jar Jar movie, 
Yes, exactly. Right. Okay, there we go. That's perfect. Because Mater, I was wondering if it was going to be a Jar Jar-like thing where when he Mater shows up all of a sudden, well, kind of. I mean, as we've discovered together, there's really no, there's no beating Jar Jar because Jar Jar shows up eight minutes into the movie and then the movie is just forever different very quickly. This, there was like a solid, I don't know, two and a half hours before Mater and then another three or four hours of Mater in the movie. So, But he does fart a lot. So does Jar Jar. He does fart and he's good at driving backwards. Was there a delivery to that? that I missed or forgot about having what do you seen mean? it like an hour ago. Was there like some other thing that came out of him being able to drive backwards? Yeah. Yeah. He teaches, he teaches, uh, Steve McQueen. Oh, right. And then, and Steve McQueen does it in the big race and what a bad movie. So <laughs> that's the just, other thing. If we this want, was exhausting. If you want to change the subject, let's talk about racing. Cause when you're a small child and you play with your little cars and you like, all you have are two hands to hold your two cars and you just move them around back and forth being like, ooh, this one's now ahead of this one. Oh, this one's now ahead of that one. Oh, that one spun out. This just felt like that. This felt like a, a, a couple of people just like making a shitty race where every once in a while, one of them tried to pass the other one. I don't know NASCAR rules. So maybe like, what was this pace car? The pace car seemed like cheating. Well, let me tell you this. The, the thing, the problem with this movie is that instead of using two hands for one car each, uh, John Laster had one hand on his toy car and one hand on his dick. That seems like a, 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 a nice thing to have. I don't know. I think it bled into the movie because it's horny as hell. Well, no, to, to what you're saying, there's like that weird, like obviously trying to do like, uh, you know, the lingo of NASCAR in this where they're like, what a great development, a three-way white knuckle race to the finish with only 10 laps to go, which I'm sure as like a NASCAR fan is like someone saying like, well, the bottom of the ninth inning and the bases are loaded. This is an advantageous situation for fans of baseball. Like, I'm sure it's the same because like it sounds quite chunky, so to speak, in the movie. Right, because all it sounds like is exactly what we're looking at. Like, yeah, no shit, it's a three-way race because there's three cars in the race. And no shit, there's 10 laps left. There's there's always going to be 10 laps. I don't understand. This always seems to be happening in NASCAR. Um, I also want to talk about maybe a really important part of this, uh, just that we haven't even touched on. And this is how strange and aggressive and overwhelming this film is. We haven't talked about the eyes of the cars, which are maybe the most intense choice in the movie. That's a great point. I think I have watched this movie now for two hours where I just became, um, what, just expected. But no, it should not be expected that that's what the car's eyes looked like. Right. And they touch on this in the Wikipedia article about cars where it was like a real decision from John Laster. He was like, we're going to have the motherfucking windshields be the goddamn eyes because we're not going to be like every other fucking car cartoon where the lights are the eyes. The lights are the tits. So what does that mean about um, Steve is that he has sticker tits? Um, I guess so. I mean, like famously, male stickers are vestigial. That's true. Yeah. I mean, if he tried hard enough, I believe he still could feed mm. through the sticker tits. I've heard that. Yeah. There's a very funny article on uh, Jalopnik.com, How Pixar Screwed Up Cartoon Cars for a Generation of Kids, that does actually make a very convincing uh, visual argument as to, like, using the the characters in cars and changing the eyes to the headlights, how much be- like better and more normal it looks. Oh, that's and, awesome. Because, like, again, the more you think about the windshield thing, it's really upsetting. Like, it's... It's very odd, and and I hated looking at it. I think what it does do very successfully for cars is, and again, sorry, it's confusing. The car's the movie in italics, not just cars as a, you know, species or a vehicle. It removes you even wondering what's inside the car. Because I feel like if you make the headlights the eyes and you have a regular windshield, you will either have to, as creative team show no one in the car with a steering wheel with like uh, like a Herbie situation or just have it be fully tinted. I don't know. I think they probably designed it and it just looked weird having so much empty space and you sort of can see that it's still a car. So I sort of like that. Well, and that's the thing. It's like 2006 and the, and the design is just weirdly spare enough. Like there's times where it looks actually, I think, quite lovely, like some of the, the larger matte paintings of the desert and such but like a lot of the close-ups there's the yeah the, the use of space in the design is very odd right it's a hard a car isn't immediately anthropomorphic it's it's it is sort of creaturely in some ways but it does if you are turning it into a head with a body and all this stuff it isn't it's it, it it's complicated and i think the eyes if you just spent the movie muted and just watched this movie for two hours looking only at the eyes which I got sort of bored and entranced by that. 
they do wild magical things. They get big and small. Their eyelids are like, they, each eye has an eyelid, but because it's just one windshield, it just sort of has a weird middle part. It's, it is probably the best thing to look at if you're just sort of wanting a, a strange experience. Roger Ebert completely fell for this. Oh my God, I read his review. The, read Holy the title. Shit. Read the title. It's what, NASCAR plus Pixar equals Pixcars? Pixcars, yeah. <laughs> Roger. What is that? Was he, bro. was he losing it at that point? What, okay, l- let me be generous and say that you know I, I am, uh, you know, a journalist. And wait, 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 I don't what kind always... Of, what, what kind of... What kind of... What kind of, what kind of uh, public, public radio. Well, wait, wait, how, and, many, uh, how many awards you... Aren't you award-winning journalist? Yeah. S- several, yes. Um, I, as a writer, you don't always think of your own headlines. And I want to give Roger Ebert, given how bad the review is, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt that maybe we can't sh- give him shit for both the review and the... Again, let's just I would take that it one more the, time. I would take it the other way. Uh, <laughs> that if the review is that bad, he probably thought... The title was a winner too. You're like in for a penny, in for a pound on dunking on old Roger. Yeah. What was what was the what was the title? Read it. Read Everyone's that one more closer, time. Everyone close your eyes and lean back. <laughs> NASCAR plus Pixar equals Pixcars. <laughs> Here's my question: Why not do Pixar plus NASCAR equals Pixcars? <laughs> like I don't know. There's so many if questions. You're gonna end on this mathematical equation where it equals picks cars. Your way is way better. But I would say I would take this one step further. Why are you doing this at all, Robert? Robert? No one I'm asked Roger. for this. You know, I don't know. Like a uh, fucking cars rooms into our hearts. <laughs> right, because that's the other thing is most people were like either making deliberate car metaphors or like Manola Dargis from the fucking New York Times is like the meta version for the New York Times readers. And then fucking Ebert's just like brain damage. <laughs> Look at this like NASCAR picks cars. <laughs> there are so many bad reviews of this movie that we need to get into it. But okay. Yeah. Anyways, just to get to the core of uh, the absolutely bizarre and insipid review Ebert gives it. It tells a bright and cheery story and then a single profound looking around the edges. In this case, it's a sense of loss. So he's just like buying wholesale into the transparent, weird, like white supremacist nostalgia of the movie. And he even incorrectly references that he loses the race. I mean, I guess, no, it's a tie for first. He won the race. I don't even know if Ebert saw this movie. Tractors serve as the cows of Radiator Springs and even chew their cud. Of the what that cud consists of, I'm not sure. Fan belts, maybe. This is classic Ebert, where he just like stuff, spends <laughs> <laughs> spends half a paragraph just like talking about bullshit of that he is like curious about. Uh, um, uh, Wait, but just, the last line of that review is fucking awesome. Yes, read of it. Of all the decades, the 1950s seemed to have the most staying power. Semicolon, like Archie and Jughead, the decade stays young, stays forever young, because perhaps that's when modern teenagers were invented. What does Ebert that out. Mean? Ebert out. Modern teenagers? Yep. Certainly the teenagers of the 50s and the teenagers of 2006 when I was 16 and like we owe it doing all. opiates at, at high school and huffing starter fluid. <laughs> like, I don't know, that honestly sounds like yeah, a 50s thing. I'm it sure. does. <laughs> Maybe I'm just dead wrong. We were just binge drinking and watching Cube in people's apartments. I mean, probably was better in the 50s. I mean, everything was. That's why we want to make it great again. Um. Yeah. Some just texted me asking if I want cigars, and I'm like, hell yeah, I want. Yeah. Cigars. Oh man. When this is all over, we're gonna have a couple cigars, my friend. That sounds beautiful. Okay, it so should be uh, over pretty soon, like maybe nine months. <laughs> yeah, I, I would get another eighteen months tops, and then Uncle Joe will steer us out of this. Uh, th- thank you, President Biden. It's so nice mm. knowing that I, I won't be fucking uh, vaccinated until like I'm 32. Um. Or Charlie Baker, I don't know. A lot of blame to go around. Yeah, Baker's more... doing a real bad oh, job God. right now. We can't talk about the pandemic during our Cars review. This is already rough. David Edelstein of New York Magazine. Uh, I'm, are people, people think people are smart, which is a mistake. Okay. He gave the film a positive review saying, like the Toy Story films, Cars is a state-of-the-art computer art plea on behalf of outmoded, wholesome 50s technology with a dash of zen by way of George Lucas. The fuck does that mean? That, that mean I, I couldn't even respond to it. A dash of Zen. Like famously George Lucas's most high profile 
critical failure are the completely muddled, insane, borderline incomprehensible Star Wars prequels. So this idea that – or like going back to American Graffiti, that movie is all about like it's a really horny, sad movie about Vietnam basically. You know, So like what the fuck is he referring to? It's 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 baffling. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you can like how you can watch a movie where a Porsche with a tramp stamp spends that joke, the entire that joke is. Well, I mean, that joke all by itself. Oh my god! I thought it was like already like pretty rough on on how much sexism and like unbelievable like just the worst vision of like how men should behave in any literally any circumstance. And then that bit where they're like, and by the way, this car has an alluring piece of body art yeah and it's like what the f- what are we supposed to do? how do i interpret that information like what is that i i'm Josh, not that smart you just got to code a cone one <sighs> you can you can offload your feelings in cone one here's my problem with the cones they're not big enough to fuck in if you're a car absolutely not her, her, her I mean, shitty Josh, hotel you don't know how they fuck i mean i am I'm, I'm not sure what you're imagining maybe exhaust pipe into exhaust pipe or do you think I don't know just do you think, just gas just like pissing gas on the other person? Do you think in the human version of this, like they chain Lightning McQueen's balls to like a plow or something? He's like drag the plow with his balls. I'd watch that too. That sounds good, <laughs> especially if it's a what's that? What's that really bad movie with Paul Newman where he's a prisoner who has to work making a new road? Cool Hand Luke. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, coming out strong against Cool Hand Luke. Eh, didn't like it. <laughs> And that's the Charles review. Um, so the the Porsche is already labeled, and she's sort of like in the town. She, first of all, she's she's a Porsche, which is like the most expensive car you can buy as a just an individual. She lives across the street from Mater. Like, she, what is she doing here? She did not. She was did not grow up here. This isn't. Did, a, hold, did you miss her scene where she explains what she's doing there? Are you fucking kidding me? Did you watch this movie? What, what, what's she doing there? She says, "I was a lawyer in L.A. and I just I hated L.A. and I got I broke down out here and I fell in love with the place. I couldn't leave." That's right. She looks over the tundra, the the dead right. expanse she sees of the, just the massive like car shaped bluffs. Yeah. Of, what the fuck of Utah car Utah or whatever, and was like, I, I ain't never leaving. Do you think if you zoomed out far enough? It wouldn't be a sphere-shaped planet. It would just be a car-shaped planet? No, it's probably a flat Earth like ours. That's probably one of the few okay, things you're that right, they ported right. over from our world. But anyway, she, she, has, like, she has a scene where... First of all, there's a scene where Mater's like, you love her, you love her, you love her, you love her, you love her. You like, that's the scene in the movie. It, was, like, it really made me feel uncomfortable. And then they're in the dancing scene, I think, and the person behind her is like, wow, would you look at that? And she's like, yeah, you know what? I'll look at it too. I'm going to fuck him later. I haven't fucked him yet, but you know, it's going to happen soon. I'm going to try this piece out. It was, it's just like this woman who has gone from trying to save her poor shitty town to just like absolute nothing more than the car holes that John Lasseter wants to explore. Here's the worst part of the movie cars. Somehow this is the worst part to me. This is just like how people who like rich people in Hollywood are. So I guess like, it, you know, you got to take it with a grain of salt. John Laster said that inspiration for the film story came after he took a cross-country road trip with his wife and five sons in 2000. When he returned to the studio after vacation, yada, 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 he led 11 animators in rented white Cadillacs on two road trips across Route 66 to research the film. So these guys are just oh, driving this is, I was in joking. rented Cadillacs. No, that's literally but this how, is like, it. This is like yeah. they went into small towns, like got out. Nodded. Like just bought shit. Smoked and meth. then left. Yeah. Like, wow, this is incredible. This is what everyone should do. It's just nuts. My question is this: Okay, so you ha- you ha- he goes to jail. He gets locked up. He's thrown out in the cold, naked. He is then strapped to Bessie, which we've talked about, and forced to build a road for them. And here's my question: He's untrained in the arts of road building. He knows nothing. He honestly doesn't even have the engine and tires to do this very well. Someone like a mater would be much better at it. They literally do nothing all day, but sit around waiting for people. Why aren't they just making roads? Yeah, it's another thing where, like, they have to create a problem at this point in the story, and the way they choose, like, he tears up their main street, so he has to build them a new main street, and then he builds a really good main street. He sure does. And like, you know, it's they don't, so... Anyone could do it, and they all have the time to do it, so the fact that they just, like, are waiting for free labor... 
to put like free prison labor to do this for them just because they're too lazy or something. I don't under there was no explanation for the plot itself. Like I would have much preferred him remaining in barbed wire. Like I love this idea that they remove gas from him. I sort of like wonder how that could be what that meant to that me. feels so invasive right and like, like that's what i want raises questions like uh, yet again raises things we shouldn't have to worry about right so like as they, an audience oh while you were sleeping we took all your gas like what the fuck that's so fucked up and Jesus i think that Christ. would be a better movie as if rather than like having him build some dumb road he doesn't want to build like they just like take his tires off and remove all the gas from him and just like leave him in the in the jail where he's forced to like talk to Mater and the awful police officer all day until he was like brainwashed into liking these people. Cars. I'm sorry. Cars. Look, l- long story short, we're, we're getting towards the end of the episode. I am not excited for Cars 2. I'm asking when will it end. This, this was really unpleasant. It was a really rough start to my weekend. And uh... <laughs> it's the pro- I, mean, I watched this at, at uh, I started watching this at 8 a.m. And then I that's crazy. Did... Right. No, but I, I did. Amy was still asleep. I just got home from walking the dog. Had a cup of coffee, went down to the basement, popped this thing on a thumb drive, just booted it up, and then Amy said she woke up, so we did the crossword puzzle, we did all this stuff. I didn't get started till later. I'm so happy this was not the first thing I did today. I think it would have been, it just would have affected my entire day. Well, I mean, I woke up, I, I made some coffee, I smoked some CBD, Great. did my little my weights, a little planking. I was kind of sort of having like, it's a little morning, this will be fun. And uh, I ended up pausing it for several long stretches in the second hour because I was just like, I need to like, this is just, the middle section of this movie is an abomination. The whole tone of the movie is just a deeply conservative, deeply fascistic movie that depicts a, like, for all the people saying that there's like a good message in this. I don't know what they're watching. What is it? Because there's a billion, a billion movies about friendship I can direct you to. Sure. A billion. And this wouldn't come, keep this as far away from a depiction. Because it's not like what, like the movie, one of the last lines of the movie is. By American. He's my best friend. So, you know, what's you going to do with your best friend? Like they don't explain why they're friends other than the cow tipping scene, which isn't cool at all. Again, as a vegan, I'm just going to stress, don't push the cows over. It's just like, this is just like shit you do when you're kids and then you regret it later and you're like, look back at that friend that made you be cruel to animals, that made you just like be a fucking delinquent piece of shit. This isn't a good friendship. And that this is the heartwarming tale of Cars. Is a successful American nightmare learns how to be a better American by buying tires from Luigi. And Guido. Um, here's a great exchange between Mater and Lightning McQueen. You know, I once knew this girl, Doreen, good looking girl, looked just like a Jaguar, only she was a truck. You know, I used to crash into her just so I could speak to her. What are you talking about? I don't know. Right. What? But that's the thing is John knows. Lassiter knows what he's talking about. He wouldn't have just thrown he that does. in. <laughs> Mater's is, a fucking creep. This is their life. And lightning's like, uh, we see lightning be a creep and it's treated like a charming... Oh, lightning. Right. And and the Porsche, uh, she just like, she not only accepts it, but she just like, she thrills on it. Like she loves her tramp stamp getting seen. Like she plays coy, but she like, oh, fuck Ugh. yeah. I'm, that's one step closer to me getting fucked by lightning. Like at the very end when she, they just like rub cars together. Like, Ugh. Ugh. I, hate, not- I hate it. Then as far as like villainy, we've got like like Chick is just a terrible bad guy. He's boring and just a dick. Like that's his whole – he's like – and it's Michael K- fucking Keaton, okay? You get Michael Keaton that's for that sad. role. I didn't even and know. And waste him with terrible, a terrible script. And it's like if you can ruin Keaton, you've really done something magical. So this is a, this is a review um, by E-67102-48412 from the 23rd of April, 2020. Mm-hmm. This is this is recent. A lot of these reviews were like right from after the premiere. They even like bragged about it. Like, oh, I just got back from the premiere. Here's my ten <laughs> my ten star review of Cars. Uh, this also has spoilers. So if you haven't seen Cars, I will let you know that this review has spoilers in it. But here it goes. Still, the first one is the best to watch. I've seen it several times. Every time, <laughs> I can't do this. Okay. It's, yeah. Every time I go. T- to little cano to change the tires quickly the maintenance team next door is all shocked then mcqueen gives up the championship and pushes the car king mm. 
I like that part. I was in tears. <laughs> People, no, on Letterboxd, I found reviews like, okay, um, this car movie didn't make me cry. Uh, Baralate, who gave this five stars, isn't me or are there other people attracted by broom sound McQueen does? <laughs> yeah, of course you're not alone. This movie is, like, that is the main message of this movie is that everyone should want to fuck. The same day, Baralate, it's been 10 plus years of the day I first watched this perfect film and I still have a crush on McQueen. Wow, that's amazing. Ka-chow. Um, the movie the, 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 the by the way the title of that is movie quote colon friendship is more important than any dispute. <laughs> <laughs> stirring words, stirring words. Is that from the movie? Yes, or is yes. that just a movie quote? Yeah, that's what Paul Newman says before he died. Uh, Paul Newman's last movie before he died. George Carlin died before this movie came out. The high grossest, the highest, the highest grossing movies of their respective storied careers. What a way to go, Cars. You sent me a good review about an old man. Yes, I sent you a screen cap of one of the better reviews. Oh, here it is. Can you pull it up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it's, up. it's by uh, Dirty Gordy. And this was from <laughs> 2006. Uh, title is Cars is Great. Mm. Uh, here, here, here it goes. Uh, 17 out of 18 people found this helpful. I'm a man. 71. I have a son. Oh, no. I took my son. 40. And my granddaughter. 10. So this is a fucking generational trip to the movies yeah three generations of horrible americans slouched into this movie to drink coke heavies and and eat like fucking nerds rope it was wonderful exciting entertainment for all our ages again that was 10 40 and 71 (sighs) i grew up with the old cars Mm. and have traveled (laughs) (laughs) my father was an old car his father was an old car his father before him was an old car (laughs) I grew up with the old cars and have traveled Route 66 a few times. So I was able to relate to the story and talk about the old times after the movie with the younger kids. Oh, isn't this great? Can you imagine being with Dirty Gordy after fucking cars? You're 10 years old and you fucking, while you're driving home, he screams at you about how life was better in the 50s. Well, I mean, t- to be fair, we're recording this during the Biden administration. This is Joe Biden's favorite movie. Maybe he like, is un- Dirty Gordy. Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly, this is the movie that Joe Biden has seen the most in life is Cars. Remember the the, the Biden Cars video where he's like, oh, yeah. my dad had a car. I drive to <laughs> look me back this car into a garage. It's the most insane. God, we live in a fucking. I was thinking about how we're alive in America for like the USSR in the 80s where everyone can sort of quietly agree that like we shot our shot and it didn't yeah. really didn't really pan out. And now we're just kind of coasting for a little bit before something really calamitous happens. I know it's so weird that like <sighs> Biden is seen as having more of a personality and heart than Trump when his whole thing is just like being a skeleton that like eats ice cream and drives cars. Yeah, it's baffling. And, and and here's the thing. There's no way he can either eat ice cream or drive cars. Like, we all know that. He's lying. Yeah. His body can't handle dairy, and there's no way anyone's letting fucking Joe Biden drive. Okay. Uh, all right, Charles, I have a hard out today. Because me and Allie great. are doing – we're doing a digital uh, a digital home viewing. Okay. Wait, of what? We're touring a home, but digitally. It's oh, the great. Now. That's exciting. Yeah. Uh, I'm well, very we got to just do MVPs before we go, and then we can – Because I don't know if I said it, but um, – no, I haven't said it because I'm actually not sure. No, I'm sure. Okay, well, resolve it. Yeah, I, I just did. I'm, I'm, I'm already asking. I, you know, it's a pretty world, man. The the fucking lifeless void that is the desert of cars, where the only things that are talking are just horny, malicious, awful, stupid, vile creatures that just want to love each other but don't know how. Yeah. And I thought that might be exciting to sort of get into it, but then you told me that part two is a Mater movie and. Made her not good, so I am, made, made her bad. I am out. I am out. I don't want to watch this. We are doing the planes movies as well, so we have four more ahead. We don't. We don't. No, we don't have to. If we don't want it. No, we have to. All right, fine. Um, can we can we agree there is no MVP? That's how was, can there how can there be say. an MVP? Oh yeah, no, no, this no fucking I sucks. I do have an MVP. I am. You know, I'm a. I'm a. Maybe this is just me as a Christian man talking, but <laughs> uh, hearing. Click and clacks voices talking to the lepers. Yeah, okay. Fine. It was basically yeah. a, like a Christ moment where the two greatest men. As a as a pair of uh, Massachusetts residents, we would be. It'd be really wrong of us to not celebrate tip and ta- tip and click and clack the Tappard brothers. They were amazing. It was and they were actually funny and they had the little catchphrase and uh, I, I th- yeah. that and like the Billy Crystal 
like the fake movies at the end were sort of nice because it just reminded me of different movies I'd rather be watching. Yeah, and, and a weirdly joyless performances by Newman and Wilson. Talk about two guys when you take away their faces. Yes, no, absolutely. Like they two two of the most charismatic, interesting looking people in the world, and like in this movie, just flat, flat. There and- was wait, was it in the Ebert review where he's like? If you told me a year ago that you, you'd see a, a lifelike computerized version of a car and and a car that looked like Paul Newman, I would say get out of I'd here. I'd suck your I'd suck your dick, sir. But they did it. Go see cars. There's a car that looks like an old car, and it also looks like Paul Newman. Okay. Anyway, that's that's our show. Uh, Josh gonna, has to go look at a house. I got to go look at a house. We're gonna close on a great piece of trivia. Fuck this whole series. I I'm so. Filled with regret that we have to watch more. We almost did How to Train Your Dragon. This isn't. Then let's just quit now. Okay, here we go. Thanks for listening. Check out the Patreon. When Lightning McQueen is about to give a promotional speech at the Rusty's tent, there's a momentary silence, and then somebody yells Freebird. This is a reference to the song Freebird by Leonard Skinner. It is said that these words are shouted frequently at music shows as a form of a popular cliche. Honk, honk.